0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The trade deadline has passed. It was a very busy trade deadline. We'll react to that. We got a tricky week nine coming up on us here with six teams on by. We got Davis Maddock here to help us guide us through. Every all the nooks and crannies of this particular week. Stay tuned on the Roto podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Roto Wire Fantasy Baseball podcast. Jeff Erickson here. We've got Davis Maddock, and uh, Davis has long been a friend of the company, friend of the program. Used to be on uh, the Rotowire on the Rotowire XM show many, many times with me and Chris Liss. It's been a few years since we've talked, Davis. So happy to have you on. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Yeah, you know, always uh f- this is actually true. The 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 fantasy sports content that I use in my own personal play the most, the Rotowire Soccer uh page that is updated by used to be Andrew Laird. Now yes. it is uh my my old buddy Trevor. Uh, I mean, I use everyone's tools and stuff for different things, but I, I pretty much use that RotoWire soccer page every single day. It's it's a, a wealth of information.
1: Yeah, people don't realize we're a soccer company and a tennis company. Um, we crush it there. And uh, Laird did a great job of building that up. Now he's with So, so Rare. Uh, but uh, yeah, we miss him. Uh, it's it's great stuff. And big day then for you, uh, Champions League. Uh, I imagine you you've got a lot of irons in the fire for that.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, Champions League Champions League is uh, probably probably the singular greatest sporting event on on this earth. I really can't get enough of it, and we're, what, about tw- what, 16, 17 days away from the start of the World Cup? I mean, it's, it's yeah. coming fast.
1: It is. It really is. Today's the last day of pool play for the World Cup. Uh, I'm a Liverpool guy, and, and I like Dortmund, too, so they're both through to the round of 16. Very happy about that, so uh, all good for there. Uh, let's talk about, uh, the, first of all, let's start with the trade deadline, really busy day, uh, you know, pleasantly. So, and in fact, Adam Schefter was saying there were more trades yesterday and, you know, on trade deadline day than he can ever remember, maybe in the last 30 years, I think 10 trades yesterday. Plus you add in like the McCaffrey trade, the Robert Quinn trade, other trades that happened before the actual deadline, James Robinson as well. It's been a very active trade market. Football's starting to try to catch up to other leagues in terms of the trade deadline.
2: Yeah, and I, I was saying this earlier to uh to my buddy Craig Mish on, on Sports Grid TV. I mean, the, the the NFL would absolutely love for this to become the norm because what what keeps the NBA in the news cycle? This is true. Uh mm-hmm. like Zach Lowe and like all the big NBA guys, they get more listens on their off-season podcast for trades than they do breaking down the NBA finals. People care way more in the NBA about player movement and who's going where and trades. And all that then they they do care about the results on the field and so the nfl already has this such this big advantage in people watching the games that if they yep. were able to add that other layer of, of players constantly changing teams add that to the drama i mean they would they would absolutely love that
1: absolutely uh, and it's true uh and the thing is the nfl is already the master of staying in the news cycle i mean you get schedule release day and it becomes this big deal like dominating over actual live sports going on and it's like you've known who they're going to play each other. It's just the ordering. I mean, and they make they, but they blow it up to be this big deal, and everybody wants in. Uh, and they, they're really good at staying in the news cycle, like you said. So it, it's um, this is just one more log on the fire for them. So let's jump right into it here. Let's talk about uh, what happened this week. Uh, let, let's talk about uh, starting off with the, the trade that started the day yesterday: T.J. Hawkinson going from the Lions to the Vikes. A second and a third, you know, they send back. Uh, they get back a fourth. Is or they send back a fourth over to Minnesota. Plus, I think a conditional one on top of that. There, but Minnesota lost Irv Smith. They get Hawkinson. They're six and one. The Packers are terrible this year so far. They're in a great spot to go for it. They
2: went for it. They did. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I would have traded two second round picks for for TJ Hawkinson. I mean, he is. I, I guess to be fair. He is an extremely good run blocker, like like maybe the best at his position other than George Kittle. I know he's, I, I happen to look his PFF grades at run blocking the last two years haven't been great. I, I would be disinclined to take that as predictive. Um, I, I think he's probably still as good as he was as a rookie and as he was at, at Iowa. And I mean, it, it certainly cannot be bad with Adam Thielen what, he's at age 32 season now to give them right. another guy who's closer to Justin Jefferson in age, you know, I mean, and, and their options without Irv Smith were like Ben Ellison and Johnny Munt, you know, two like right. just stone blocking guys. So I, I mean, and I, 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 another thing is again, cause I follow the NBA so much. My, my new thing in sports is I'm just not faulting teams going for it. Like right. I just I I'm I'm totally done being like, I don't know, it's a bit of an overpay and the long term. It's like, no, any team that's going for it and trying to win games, I'm just gonna give them a thumbs up.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that because I felt the same way yesterday with that and with the claypool trade too. I, I, I see all this like I can't believe they gave up a second round pick. Well, you know, how let's look at second round picks. There are some that have really hit. There's also plenty of Andy Isabella's lurking around the corner there, too. Um, You can miss on a second round pick just as easily as you can. If you get a fully formed player that can help you right now and you've got a chance to win, you go for it. I I have no problem with that. And that's not even the bears case. We'll get to them in a second, but um, I I like it. Now I think perhaps in terms of target share, it hurts Hawkinson just a little bit, just because they do have Thielen. They do. Obviously they have Jefferson. Uh, Even Osborne is a pretty decent third receiver. Uh, does that you know? I think I might move him down like maybe one or two notches in the
2: overall tight ends. But let's face it, tight ends a wasteland, anyhow. I'm not really that concerned. And I was, I to be honest, was not. I was like not a Hawkinson drafter, particularly in um like the the tight end premium high stake stuff. I like right. him and and uh, Dalton Schultz and these guys. I I kind of missed that range entirely. I I, I would say that Amon Ross St. Brown, when he's been on the field, is just so good in the areas of the field where Hawkinson would be expected to win. I don't really think it it bumps him that much. And more importantly, Minnesota, I mean, uh, how like we hear about these new coaches getting hired and them getting aggressive, throwing the ball, and then it never really happens. But Minnesota is like night and day compared to the Mike Zimmer teams. You know, they really have been one of the more aggressive uh, passing rate over expectation teams. Kirk is playing pretty well. I, I, I'm probably actually inclined to say it's, it's pretty bullish, even even if he's doing it on a 14% target share.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's fair. I'd say that's fair. Uh,
2: who steps into Detroit besides Amon Ross St. Brown? Well, I mean, Khalif Raymond does have a 16% target share over the last three games. I, we'll see if that holds. Kind of interesting, Brock Wright played over 70% of the snaps in the games that Hawkinson missed last year but the lions drafted this guy, James Mitchell out of Virginia tech in the fifth round. And I just, I, you know, I went to go look at his college football reference page to just, you know, kind of get an idea of what he is. And he was like a Taysom Hill guy in college. Um, he had, uh, he had, uh, four rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns as a freshman. He mm-hmm. returned some punts. He threw some passes. Like he, he's like, uh, He's like a crazy uh, athlete prospect type guy, but he, he got into a game. I mean, how many fifth round rookie tight ends get into a game and catch a touchdown if they're their rookie year? Like not that many. A lot of these guys are, you know, we we never see them. Took took right. Jody Fortson two years on the Chiefs roster to earn playing time. So I'm 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 bidding a little bit on Brock Wright this week, but I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if those bids are totally dead and it ends up being uh, this this Mitchell fella.
1: Yeah. And Brock Wright's hurt a little bit too. Um, he, He's, you know, he, he's got a, you know, I had a head injury, so yeah. something to watch for that, and, you know, and maybe forced to play Mitchell this week. We'll see. Um, you know, and Detroit's just a mess. Like I had a hard time with ranks anyhow this week. Uh, like what do you do with DeAndre Swift? I mean, he says he's not a hundred percent, but he anticipates his role getting greater. I mean, okay. Uh, you know, Jamal Williams is going to get his touches too. We know that even with as Swift is a hundred percent. You have to give uh, Williams, you know, some of that share if for no other reason, just to try to preserve Swift.
2: Well, I wonder if they just sit Swift this week anyway, um, because it's like, what's the point of having him out? I mean, you know, they're playing Justin Jackson and uh, Craig Reynolds, the other guy. I mean clearly if swift plays you're starting him and i think i think you can also feel comfortable if you were a team that ran in jamal williams i think you could just kind of start him because like running back is so bad anyways like what you have you know miles sanders antonio gibson these guys like it's really just like that if they score a touchdown they they can get to 14 if they don't score a touchdown they're gonna have a bad week so it's like i don't think jamal williams is that different i don't think swift is that different right now now Sure. Eventually, assuming he gets back to full health, I mean the guy's averaging like what, like eight and a half yards per touch this season. So like I I think you can feel pretty good about him eventually getting to sixteen, seventeen, eighteen touches a game on. Obviously, not that good of efficiency. I mean the Lions, like if you have a Lion who's playing right now, you just feel good because their offense has been so fantasy friendly
1: it has and their and their defense too because they give up quick scores and then you get back out on the field there so that's always nice too uh they you know hosting the packers this week it's interesting can aaron Rodgers get well against the lions i mean i mean it's typically that there's been some shootouts between these two teams but you know it's it's one of those there's there's a couple of one of those movable objects versus resistible forces uh where both units are pretty bad or facing each other that game i also like you know Rams running game versus the Bucks run defense. Two two really bad units matching up against
2: each other. Who wins out? I mean, there's there's no way that the Packers fix. Like I just don't believe. Like every time Rodgers talks about his teammates, you know mm-hmm. he's just he's just throwing them under the bus. They he was on they did he did the McAfee show yesterday and was like, yeah, that Bills game was the first time we were ready to play all year, and then oh. you're like, oh, oh, the game you were ready to play, you got absolutely like embarrassed. It's it's like and. I mean, you know, we do know that quarterback production is pretty sensitive to wide receiver skill, and he is throwing to like a bunch of Jabronis and and Romeo Dobbs out there. So, you know, is Rod like is Rogers done? I don't know. But I don't I don't foresee them getting better against the Lions. Like I think they're gonna stick to the same stubborn game plan. I guess the one thing is is they every time they give up a touchdown, they keep doing these shot plays, these you know, deep play action. 70 yard bombs, and I think Christian Watson's conservatively dropped about 19 of them. So, if he, <laughs> if he connects on one of those, you know, if, they, if the Lions go up 7 0, play action to Aaron Jones, Dobbs is running free, and if they connect on that one, then maybe it'll be differently, and they'll be, you know, they'll just be in a little bit more of a, a positive game. Because what it feels like to me is they get down 10 points, and it just everyone on the team knows it's over. They get down yeah. 10, and they're just like, what's even the point of trying out here?
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing is, they, they did rediscover Aaron Jones exists in this last game, and that yes. seemed to work. Um, I don't know. Maybe use him a little bit more often there. You know, one of the huge disappointments is A.J. Dillon, you know, just being completely marginalized on this team. I think he has, what, three carries inside the 10 this year? Really never yeah. saw that coming.
2: And I, I after that first week, after that first game of the season, I was like, oh, man, I didn't draft enough A.J. Dillon. This yeah. guy's getting targets. He's getting goal line carries. Like, he's going to bury me. And then he really has not had one effective play since that first week, which is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it is it is really crazy. I, I don't understand it. Got a little banged up in the game against the Bills on Sunday night. We'll see if he practices this week. But, uh, yeah, I, he he's, he falls squarely into that too good to cut but not good enough to start category, which I just hate.
2: Total, total roster. He's, he's like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, you're you're not going to cut Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because he might score two touchdowns. Right. But you never feel good about starting him. Like, anytime you start him, you're like, well, I might I might literally get, like, two points here. Yeah. And we got,
1: you know, six teams on by this week. This is when you need A.J. Dillon. You need to be able to play him this week if he's going to be on your roster. If you've got, you know, Barkley or you've got, uh, or any of the, you know, there's like three of the top five running backs are on by this week you know, you're really scrambling to find somebody and you, yet you don't feel comfortable playing them. It's just, it's just hell. I hate it.
2: Yeah, it, it is. It is absolutely miserable. I mean, which is uh, part of the reason why, I mean, you know, the the old adage in fantasy football really did used to be like, oh, well, you always want to be starting a running back at your flex position. And now it's like, yeah. I can't even really imagine starting a running back. I, I would have to have like an embarrassment of riches at running back to be start, even, even over like, you know, your McLaurin's, uh, your your uh, you know, Devonta Smith, Chase Claypool. It's like the the only the only good the only wide receiver right now who I drafted a bunch of who I'm just sitting is is Drake London. Like I just want yeah. the I just want the Falcons to have to sit and think about what they've done because it's so <laughs> like he's so frustrating.
1: But they won't. They're in first place. They they feel justified right now. That's the thing that's so wrong about this is they feel like well we're four and four. We're doing better than everybody else in the division. Show me their air here. And it's that moral hazard thing. You know, do you keep your job, try to compete this year, or try to do the right thing for the long term? Um, and right now they're they're going this year. They're not basing, they're not looking at development at all. And you're not gonna see Desmond Ritter on the field either because of that. And you probably should be seeing him on the field.
2: Yeah, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're right. I mean, and and the same thing with the Titans too. Like we're not gonna see Malik Willis, they're just gonna cakewalk win that division. No one's putting any pressure on them. The Colts stink. The Texans stink. The Jaguars have way underperformed their metrics. Yeah. And yeah, but same thing with Ritter. Like I thought, but honestly, I would have guessed I would have set the line at like week eight on on when we would see Desmond Ritter. And now I would probably be surprised to see him before week fourteen, week fifteen, maybe. And and who knows? Maybe the Falcons are still in it. Then if the Buccaneers, like if nine wins takes that division, we we might not see Ritter at all. Right
1: that's right um and we could be going through this again next year too because you know we saw Kyle Pitts get kind of unlocked last week but still London suffered London had one target in a game where they are tra- trailing in the first half by 21 points 13 targets total I mean I some of that was the Bengals were just burying Mariota in the second half every time he dropped back so that had something to do with it but it's just endlessly frustrating I get it um Let's uh, t- uh Before we uh, move on to the next trade, I want to talk about a quick note from our friends at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is our title sponsor for the podcast here in football season. Uh, they are changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. You can play in pick em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your prayer, player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders and individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code Wire. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today. And experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. I'm here with Davis Maddock. You can catch Davis in many, many media places, including the swole cast, the take cast at sports grid, as you mentioned uh, with Craig Mish. And Craig, man, he's like Mr. Marlin. Now he's like, he, he gets all the scoops for the Marlins. I love it.
2: He gets, he gets all the scoops. I mean, you know, he, he Craig, he loves, he loves baseball, loves baseball much more, much more than I do. I mean, I guess if, uh, if the Kansas city Royals ever, uh, we, we got a new manager, we got a new GM. I mean, maybe, maybe a mm-hmm. potential, and it's not the American league central, certainly not the uh, the most competitive of divisions given how much the, that division spends as a whole. So maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change on that. You know, if, if we get, uh, and they kind of did at the end of the season, they kind of just went to the young guys. I think the, the last week of the season, Every guy other than Salvador Perez was under the age of 28 and had yep. been in, I think it was, I think it was that every guy on the roster had been at the Royals AAA the year before, which is, I mean, it's pretty cool. We, I've been waiting for them, been waiting for them to do this forever.
1: Yeah, for them, I think it's just a matter of like they really have to develop pitching better. Um, I, so, I, I like. I, the- I
2: can't even. This is a whole other podcast. They're like, yes, the it is. Pitching, it, it, it it, like really, the worst yeah. pitching development organization in baseball. They they draft these yeah. guys in the first round and then they're all middle relievers in three years.
1: Yeah, it's painful. I and mean, they they don't know how to throw strikes anymore. Yeah. Okay. It is a football podcast. We'll move on from that. But yeah, uh, to be we'll have to table that for uh, during baseball season. We'll bring you back on to talk Royals. Uh, let's talk Chase Claypool. Uh, the immediate reaction across almost all of my timeline was, they gave up a second for Claypool? I can't believe it. This is terrible. I I think this is the going rate for wide receivers. I, and I, I like Claypool better maybe than others because I think he was dragged down by quarterback play and offensive coordinators and uh, play calling. I think I, – I
2: actually like them going out and getting Claypool. I mean, I, I love this move. So I was really critical of this front office, this off season for basically just abandoning yes. Justin Fields. And I mean, to a certain extent, I do get the front office being like Nagy left us in a horrible spot. The roster stinks. The defense stinks. We traded a first round pick away that we don't have. Like what, like let's not do what the, let's not do what the Jaguars are doing and go all in and try and, you know, make, maybe even win the division this season. And like, I don't know, like I, I don't hate what the Jaguars did either in terms of giving Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, like, at least some real NFL guys to throw to, yeah. but I thought this was a total step in the right direction of being like fields is playing better than we thought. You know, I, I like a month ago, I was leaving fields for dead. I was like, this guy just doesn't yeah. have it. And they're, they're, you know, they're calling these designed runs that that touchdown throw to Enkeel Harry against the bears. Like that was totally not a throw that he would have made or or would have even thought of making six weeks ago. Um, and Claypool, I mean, Claypool in his career has 264 targets and 32 rushes and has turned that into 14 touchdowns. I mean, like the dude, and if you go look at like all of like the, the height, weight, speed stuff and you combine, like he's the number one guy like in a database. I mean, he, he is unbelievably athletic and he mm-hmm. was a horrible scheme fit for Ben Roethlisberger who just wanted to throw it six yards away to Deontay Johnson and Smith Schuster. So his role got really marginalized and this is the exact type of guy you should buy low on like a guy who was insanely good really young wasn't a good scheme fit for his quarterback or his offensive coordinator and and also Tomlin doesn't like him like remember that story last year of being like yeah Claypool like wanted to play music at the practices and and you know so it's like yeah. his head coach doesn't like him not a good fit with the scheme not a good fit with the quarterback like yeah that's a good bet to make
1: yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I, I, I saw some people argue that he's not a good blocker, that he was bad in the clubhouse. Yeah, he likes music. Uh, I mean, we did see the like the, some maturity issues on the field. That did happen. That was a thing that happened. It's true. But I, I'm, I'm willing to kind of see, I think people can get better as far as that goes. So I'm willing to look past that a little bit. I don't think that's too damaging overall in the overall picture. So I'm with you. I like this deal. I think this is what it costs to get a good receiver. And I, you know, I, I, you, you see what the, the Vikings paid for Hawkinson, and I think, you know, the Bears paid less for, for Claypool for a position that they needed, badly needed. I mean, you've got the 37 year old rookie in Vilas Jones. No, he's 25. I get it, but still, he's, he's old for a rookie. What that was, there's was plenty of reasons to criticize the Bears, you know, with what they did in the draft, what they did in the offseason. This was a thing that was actually a positive. Uh, they're, they're going to be in shootouts too. They traded away Quinn, they traded away Roquan Smith. It's gonna be a lot of high scoring games for the Bears coming forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- th- they're upcoming this weekend. We got the we got the Bears versus the Dolphins. and yep. probably probably the first main slate of the year that Justin Fields is like being considered as an option, which uh, and and top streamer too. I'm I'm adding him in yep. a couple spots. I have like Dak on by and things like that. Also, just have some teams that have never recovered from Trey Lance's uh, season ending IR. That uh, Fields Fields is looking like a pretty good ad right now.
1: Yeah, I actually have fields. I used him as a stream for Mahomes last week. So that was, there we go. That was a beautiful thing Uh, that worked out pretty well. So yeah. And you know, other leagues. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. He is a great stream this week. I I agree. Um, And the dolphins are going to put up a number too. Uh, The only thing that I think that could hold them back is the weather. Uh, And I know the weather might be a little shaky in Chicago this week. And that's something to watch for. Obviously week one, we learned that the hard way uh, a little bit there, but you know, I, I really like how Miami's firing in all cylinders right now.
2: I mean, Mike McDaniel, genius, right? A lot of lot of teams use their great players as decoys, right? Moving them across. No, none of that. Mike McDaniel says, "Tua, you you have literally one job on this offense, and that is to deliver the ball to Tyreek. If Tyreek's not open, you deliver the ball to Jalen Waddle. Those are those. That's your job. That's it. Mm -hmm. That is your only function. And uh, who would have thought that just getting the ball as consistently as possible?" to your best players. I mean, we, we've seen this with the Vikings a little bit. They started out the year doing this. Like it, the whole offense was like, all right, we're going to throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, 16 times. They, they've relented on that a little bit, but my guess is in high leverage situations, uh, they're going to go back to that. You know, like yeah. we, we might see like a, a 14 catch Justin Jefferson game this season.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, yeah. Surrounding your, surrounding your young quarterback with talent and then letting him use it. It's a great plan. Uh, yes, people should try that more often. Uh, You know, same thing with Philly, you know, Hey, who knew going and trading for a really good wide receiver and then
2: throwing it to him a lot it works. Who knew? Absolutely. Unbelievable. AJ Brown was available for one first round pick. I mean, true. Like AJ Brown, if, if, if every player got thrown into the pool, you know, XFL style, uh, all the players got thrown into a pool and the franchises got to redraft. I, I think he's going top 15. Maybe, yeah, maybe, top, maybe, maybe top 20. Cause like left tackles are so important and there are some great edge rushers, but he he's going, he's going as the third wide receiver after Jefferson and chase, I think, I mean, he is to, to see him freed from that, from that spot that he was in, you know, with, mm-hmm. uh, with the Tennessee Titans, like, you know, just playing the most like backwards style football ever. It's, it's, uh, it was really amazing.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know, the funny thing is Tennessee is recovered because they're in the AFC South and that helps a lot. Uh, so, but we'll see what happens on Sunday night in Kansas city. Cause I think it's going to be a whole different style. First of all, they need Tannehill for this game. They can't play Malik Willis in this game and throw, have him throw it 10 times. That's just not going to work.
2: Well, so this is actually my take. It's more valuable to the Titans organization to have a game where Malik Willis throws the ball 40 times than yeah. it is than it is to get a six point loss at Arrowhead with Tannehill starting. Uh, they're gonna win this division anyways. I mean, like go go look at this division and then look at the Tennessee Titans upcoming schedule. It's like unbelievable. So this division right now, um, they are five and two. The next closest team is the three four and one Colts. But the Titans get, I mean, just unbelievable. If they get to play home to the Broncos at the Packers. They might even be favored at the Packers, and then they get to close their season with the Chargers, Texans, I guess the Cowboys is kind of a hard game, and then at the Jacksonville, like, they might get to 10 wins and not have had, like, one win over another good team. So I, I I actually, if and they would never do this if Tannehill's healthy, I would actually just throw Malik Willis to the Wolves and be like, you're, we're going to play you out of the shotgun, you're going to throw 40 times, we don't care if you throw six interceptions, we got to... Because if they have a good quarterback, even a top twenty quarterback, on a third round rookie contract for four years, and they can let Tannehill go this off season, I mean that sets them. They just had to trade away AJ Brown because they didn't have any money. That right. that like changes the future of their franchise. To find out if Malik Willis is passable.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they had some. They they really were at a, a contract contract crossroads this off season because they had to figure out if they're going to extend Brown. Or are they going to go, you know, keep that defensive line? Are they going to keep Jeffrey Simmons happy? Are they going to keep, you know, uh, you know uh, Harold Landry happy? And then Harold Landry getting hurt was a big, big injury for them there, too. It tied up a lot of their contract just to sign him back. Um, they, they chose to keep Simmons and, and Landry and instead uh, let and trade away Brown. The problem is Traylon Burks has been hurt and wasn't great before that. Uh, who are they going to throw to that's the problem and you know, that's why they'll never t- I mean I agree with you they should be turning Willis loose see what he see what he has they, but- they, they
2: totally won't though like if Tannehill no, is healthy enough he's totally going to start for the rest of the season
1: right and if Willis plays they're totally going to play conservatively like they did last week uh, yeah. even if it doesn't work um they're
2: you know what
1: they have a you know a less than 100% Robert Woods Westbrook Akini I mean is. You know, if they had Burks back, maybe it'd be one thing too. They could actually have a threat out there. Even like the feel-good story, Kyle Phillips is hurt. They don't even have that as an option right now.
2: They're playing. They're playing like the most twelve personnel in the NFL because yep. they're they're using Jeff Swaim and Austin Hooper. I mean, I don't. Know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense to run NFL teams this way. I mean, I guess they did the right thing by drafting Burks, and uh, he he was starting to come on a little bit before he got hurt i i kind of thought he was going to explode the game before he started out the game with like 18 yards on a deep target and then got Mm -hmm. an end around and i was like oh it's coming and then yeah he he got he got the turf toe i i'll probably be i i actually kind of want him to stink the rest of this year or or just not play because he is going to be like if he's going in like the 11th round of drafts next year i'll i'll probably just have him on every like high stakes managed team i would think
1: yeah. Uh, how much do you diversify in uh, best ball versus managed teams? How much of a difference is there and how much you would choose to diversify there?
2: I'm, I'm diversifying pretty, pretty hard in best ball. I don't have, I don't have anyone over 25%. Um, Taysom Hill, my most drafted player, really good uh, eligible at tight end, but uh, Alberto, my second most drafted Ooh. player, uh, not very good. Have, have a lot of, and which is, that's why, In manage, though, I I just want to do the best draft that I can every time. So Mm -hmm. it's like if I end up having a bunch of the same guys, I end up having a bunch of the same guys. But because I'm only doing like of like the high stakes leagues, I'm only going to do like depending on the year, like five, six, seven of those. And I don't want to be like, oh, well, you know, I already have A.J. Brown on this team, so I can't have him on both. If A.J. AJ Brown's just the guy or, you know, and it goes bad too, like, oh, I, I have like multiple Darren Waller teams. And, uh, like, that's obviously horrible. He's been useless, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't cause it's cause then you feel like you're going to box yourself into like, you can't have that good of a year. Like my, the best year I ever had in these manager leagues was, uh, two years ago in the main event, I, I on three teams, I had Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, And I was like, Oh, I'm literally going to win a million dollars. So I've just, I've just been chasing that ever since.
1: Sure, of course. And like, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Last year, List was very strident in uh, Cooper Cup over Robert Woods, because remember, they're going in the same area. Like yeah. Early fourth round. Uh, and he's like, no, I'm not going to diversify. I like Cup better than Woods. I'm going to take him every time. Now, had he had he diversified, he, he would have had a miserable year. He would have been hating it because, he you know, there was a I mean, you could say they're the same value. No, they're not even close to the same. So that's the way it works out sometimes.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, and and that's actually an example of like in best ball, I would take a little bit of Robert Woods just in case I'm wrong. But in managed, I was like, in best ball, best ball is the only spot where I'm going to take guys I don't like. Like I have mm-hmm. a little bit, of, I have a little bit of Najee Harris, who like I I could have been on the third round in one of these managed leagues, and I'm not taking Najee Harris, you know. But it's just right. like the the cost of drafting three hundred teams, and like it's it's kind of like doing showdown. Where like when I do showdown, I'm still going to have a little bit of guys I don't like at their salaries or whatever because I don't want to group myself out of the best possible team if I right. get five other things right in my player pool. That's kind of like what it's, it's like in ball. It's like if I'm going to spend my whole summer drafting these teams and Najee Harris happens to be the guy you need in week 17 and I don't have him, like I'm going to be so miserable.
1: Right. Of course. Of course. I could see that happening. Uh, all of our podcasts are hosted by the Blue Wire Network.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
1: Thank you to the blue wire network for hosting us. Thank you for indulging us in playing these ads. I'm with Davis Maddock. We're talking uh trade deadline week nine, all things fancy football uh, Davis this week, really tough six teams on by uh, you know, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Giants, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. I got a lot of Nick Chubb in the third round, for instance. There, tough, tough week. Trying to find thirty running backs to rank, let alone oh. the next thirty. It's just an exercise in misery this week.
2: Yeah, it really is. I mean, definitely there are going to be some teams starting Jarek McKinnon. This week, uh, you know, I mean, I guess maybe teams that held on to Dion Jackson. I just was going through waivers and found a couple teams where I didn't did not uh, drop Dion Jackson in last week's right. waiver run. Feeling pretty good about that, uh, honestly. I I think that this this create a player starting for the Rams, Ronnie Rivers. I bet he finds his way into some people's lineups this week. I mean, it's oh. it's it's because not only. Are there a bunch of teams on by? Not only are there a bunch of teams with injuries, there are more teams than ever playing three guys. And some teams were just, even with two guys, like the team is so bad or they're just like, the Rams could just play one guy. The Rams could give Daryl Henderson hundred percent of the snaps. And I don't know if he'd crack 10 PPR points.
1: Right. I mean that the, the state of that offensive line, the state of that offense is so miserable. I agree. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyron Williams gets activated and takes over, like gets eight carries to Henderson's five to rivers four or whatever. And then there's Malcolm Brown just sneaking in a goal line carry anyhow just to tick us all off. I mean, it's just it is just an exercise in misery. I'll be starting Rashad White in leagues this week. I'll be
2: starting. See, he's. I think he's fine. I think Rashad White is like totally fine given the the state. I bet. I bet he gets like eight points here. Yeah,
1: he might. He, he very well might. You know, we mentioned AJ Dillon. i I have to start him in some places. I've got him right there with Jarek McKinnon in my rankings. McKinnon gets more snaps than anybody in KC, but you know, it's just. Does, doesn't get goal lines and just what does he do? I mean, you know, I think everyone went a little crazy over Pacheco after that rap report, report uh, a couple of weeks ago, but then he ended up uh, not doing a whole lot. And then now they're coming off the bite. Pacheco's actually probably still available in some leagues.
2: I, and in fact, I bet he even got dropped a ton over the bye yeah. week. I mean, he he's the classic example of a guy that okay, I held on to him for seven weeks. He's got like eight points, never started him, never came close to starting him. It's their bye week. I got another injury, like like maybe a, a Brees Hall team. So you mm-hmm. lost Brees Hall. You got Pacheco on your bench going to the bye week. Like you got a bunch of guys to cut. He's out of there because you got to pick up Ty Johnson or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you then you cut Ty Johnson after they, they trade for James Robinson. Like I don't even feel comfortable starting Robinson or Carter. I mean, I, I don't know what to do with the Jets' backfield situation.
2: I think I, I think you can feel comfortable starting Carter. I mean, car he he ran more routes, he got more targets. Like, it C- Carter is going to go into the role basically that Brees was in, just not be as good at it. Mm-hmm. And I although although I think James Robinson will probably get some goal line stuff uh, that will be really annoying. But car- I mean, Carter very similar to Rashad White actually. I think I think he probably grinds to eight if he if he happens to catch a touchdown or or right. or state stays in on the two-minute drill instead of Ty Johnson coming in and catches a a couple, like, yeah. I mean, it's gross. But Carter probably is the top 25 running back this week. If I looked at rankings, like, I would bet he probably has to be.
1: He's close. I have him at 28 right now. Um, Yeah. And I don't don't love the matchup against Buffalo, but then again, Green Bay did run well against them last week, so maybe that is viable. Um, The Jets are just a mess with Zach Wilson, though, too. I mean, it's just there's such a bad offense right now with that situation there.
2: I mean, it's uh, it's it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, it, like, what what is the plan at this point? Oh, we're benching we're benching Elijah Moore. We're just not going to play him. We're going to play Denzel Mims and Jeff Smith over him. Like I, that doesn't right. really make much sense, Especially with Corey Davis out, and yeah, I mean, they I think they've given Zach Wilson a lot of leash. They're 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 happening to win some games right now, but yeah, I mean, they they got to be thinking of like, well. What do we do? Do we draft a quarterback? Do we sign one of these stopgap guys? Or do we become Carson Wentz's next victim? Like, what What do we do? Because just don't, don't, don't. And Zach Wilson can make all the throws. I think that's what's even more frustrating about it. Like, Josh Rosen couldn't process the game and also couldn't make all the throws. Zach Wilson can make all the throws. He just, like, loses his mind when he, it's, yeah. it's like, the... it's like, it's like they snap the ball and he just, like, blacks out. I, I have no way to explain it.
1: Yeah. It's auto scramble. It's like from the, from the word go, he's looking to go, he's backpedaling. And it's just, it's a tough, tough watch there. And I, I feel for Elijah Moore. I mean, I don't know what his situation is, why he became a decoy and not even getting on the field 10 snaps last week with Corey Davis out. I mean, how does that even happen?
2: I mean, I guess Wilson is probably even better than they thought. Like he's been like Wilson has been absolutely phenomenal. Sure, And that, that probably creates a little bit of a rift, but I mean, I don't know. I I I don't I'm not ever really gonna get mad at a wide receiver who's always open. I mean, you go watch like Elijah Moore last season. Uh, you know, I think it was when he had three point nine yards of separation at the catch. It was like more than Cooper Cup, more than Devontae Adams. He's he was like always open uh, in games that Zach Wilson has not started in his career. He averages over fifteen fantasy points per game. So it's like pretty frustrating probably for him to be like. Yeah, I'm always open and I'm getting the ball when I'm playing with Flacco or Josh Johnson or Mike White. But this this kid can't get me the ball. Like, why can't he get me the ball?
1: Yep. Uh, and then he had the temerity to be frustrated by it there, and that put him deeper into the dark house. Meanwhile, Salah's like doubling down, saying, "Hey, we're four and one with Wilson starting." Like, uh, okay, yeah, this this isn't going to end
2: well. It's it's not, and I mean, this is a another situation. Where the winning is causing suboptimal decisions, like the yep. fact that they've happened to win these games, is is leading them down a road that's squandering an asset. I mean, Elijah Moore is a positive value asset, and they're they're going to ride him to negative value. I think.
1: I agree. I absolutely agree here. Uh, talking about problem decisions, Thomas asked:
2: Deion Jackson or Daryl Henderson this week? Deion Jack. Deion Jackson is going to be like a top twelve running back this week. If 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 Jonathan Taylor is out. Naheem Hines pre- is gone.
3: Mm-hmm. What?
2: What is, what is, how many How many plays is Moss going to be able to get on? 10, 15, maybe? Yeah, like he, uh, got, he didn't get traded on a Monday. He got traded on a Tuesday afternoon. So he's right. got, like Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the world, got traded on a Tuesday. And he was able to get in for, I think, what was it, 22 plays in his first game as a yeah. 49er? Z- Zach it Moss was is Thursday. not Christian McCaffrey. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the only difference is it was Thursday night. It was Thursday night night game, so a little different. Uh, And he had a cross country flight and all that, but still, yeah. But he went to Stanford. Stanford, He went to Stanford though. Yeah, and Moss. And here's the thing, Moss isn't good either. That's the other thing too. Uh, You know,
2: there's there's no impetus to get him on the field the way there was an impetus to get someone like McCaffrey on the field for sure.
1: Taylor didn't practice today either because of that ankle. So something to watch for for sure. I mean, what do you do if you have Jonathan Taylor right now in like a, a a managed league where you can make trades? Not so not the high stakes leagues, but you know, your home league type of thing. Are you trading him? Are you trying to get what you
2: can for him? I mean, it would have to be uh, what are you getting? What you, like what no one's going to give you close to draft day value. I think if we were ranking, like if we if we did another draft today, Would he be like a third round pick, a fourth round pick, probably something like that? I mean, I would, I would trade him for the best wide receiver I could get. I I would, I would kind of survey your league mates and just kind of see what's out there. Like maybe a Chris Alave where, where he didn't have a good game last week. And then, um, had they, what they had a bye week right. Two weeks ago, if I'm remembering that correctly. So your buddy, your buddy who has Chris Alave might look at it and be like, ah, he's kind of stunk. Yeah, sure. I'll take Jonathan Taylor. Like that. That's kind of what I would be looking at.
1: Sure. I, so Yahoo's got a trade market feature. I always like looking at that. Okay. See what trades have been made. And yesterday I, I looked at that. There was actually some players of decent value getting, uh, getting dealt. So, um, you know, it, it, you have to look and see what they have. Like I'm pulling up today's to see what's happened so far. Uh, here's some of the trades that have happened straight up Taylor for Metcalf metcalf easy taylor for hopkins the same thing i assume
2: that's actually after i just said that i thought deandre hopkins is literally the perfect guy to trade him for where where the he he just got two big games out of him the guy held him on his bench and and got you know got his two big games and now maybe he's ready to make a move and like i think that's the perfect guy to trade him for
1: taylor for mixon uh my problem I, for your problem, I, I, I prefer Taylor. I was going say, I'd
2: rather just hold Taylor at that point, yeah.
1: Yeah, Taylor for Jacobs, Jacobs has had his bye already, Taylor hasn't, so. Oh, yeah,
2: Jacobs, Jacobs, yeah. yeah. Boy, oh. I was wrong on
1: Jacobs, by the way.
2: Oh, so I mean, same, I don't have Jacobs in any of these leagues, and yeah, I mean, he got, um, and and not holding last week's Raiders performance against him, like the whole team just didn't show up. I wonder if it is going to come out that the whole team was sick because Devontae Adams didn't practice all week with the flu. And we've seen this happen a couple times in sports recently, uh, most notably the Phoenix Suns, who just like totally no-showed at Game 7 and then it came out later. They all had COVID and played anyway, basically. Uh, I wonder if if just everyone on the team had the flu, basically. I think that's entirely plausible. I remember they said Adams had a severe
1: case of the flu and he only made one half of a practice basically. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, We'll see. I mean, I know they did also call in Josh McDaniels, you know, had to come to Jesus uh, meeting with the you know management and McDaniels, which is kind of crazy, you know, that, but then again, I saw what the expectations were for the Raiders. So I get it. um, That their season's kind of circling down the drain. They really need, uh, you know, can they turn it around uh, in enough time, especially in a really tough division?
2: No, no, I don't think so either. They, they, yeah. they, like, imagine being the worst team in a division that features the Denver Broncos. You're worse. You're worse than like the most disappointing. Are the are the 2022 Denver Broncos the most disappointing team? Uh, from compared to what we thought they were going to be of like modern of the modern NFL. They they almost maybe the the dream team Eagles. Like when they signed yeah. Vince Young or whatever as the backup quarterback. I don't know.
1: There, there's got to be some others out there, but you're right. I mean, it's, it gets pretty bad pretty quick. I mean, Brooklyn Nets this year might be right there with that, but uh, we'll, we'll see about oh, them. Oh, man,
2: how bad, are, how bad are they? Absolutely. Oh, they're, they're not even fun to watch either. That's like, because mo- Kevin Durant, Thunder fan, so I like, you know, watch Kevin Durant, was my favorite player for a long time. And mm-hmm. to see him play basketball without joy is just so brutal.
1: It is. And there is no joy. There is zero joy there. None.
2: And, it's, it's, he is showing up and punching that time card.
1: Steve Nash gets to go watch the uh, World Cup. He wins out of this whole deal here. He gets freed. Um, all right. We got to share another note from one of our sponsors, a new sponsor, NFL All Day. They are the officially licensed digital collectible of the NFL. It's a whole new way to express your fandom by owning the greatest moments from your favorite players and teams. Each moment of NFL all day features a limited edition video highlight of one of the greatest plays from NFL's past or present. From OBJ's iconic one-handed catch to Patrick Mahomes' five touchdowns on five straight possessions to Brian Urlacher's 85-yard pick six against the Packers, there's truly a moment on NFL all day for every fan. And it doesn't stop at being able to collect, donate oh, a collection of your favorite moments because NFL all day rewards collectors for their fandom. You see, NFL All Day collectors have earned once-in-a-lifetime experiences, like literally going on stage at the draft to announce draft picks and meeting some of the biggest names from the 2022 NFL Draft at the NFL PA Rookie Premiere. What's the best way to get started? Head to NFLAllDay.com to sign up and redeem a free, limited-edition NFL collectible featuring Patrick Mahomes. Don't miss out on NFL All Day's next-generation fan platform and start unlocking rewards and experiences today. While we're here, we're going to share another note from our other sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action that you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that, too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll receive your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Night Fight today. I'm here with Davis Maddock, and Davis does multiple fantasy sports. We heard us talking soccer earlier there, too. Big day today. Who do you like today, by the way, in uh, Champions League play?
2: Um, I like the Shakhtar uh, Red Bull Leipzig over. Shakhtar has to, they, they have to win this game to advance. They're going to pass on goal difference. And mm-hmm. generally speaking, when one team really has to push against another team that's way better than them, that is a recipe for like a three or four. Oh, we saw we saw that yesterday in a, in a couple of those games. I think uh, yeah. v- Victoria Pilsen scoring twice against Barcelona. I think those were maybe the first goals they'd scored in the entire group stage. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that is a that is a spot I like.
1: I went to uh, Prague for part of my honeymoon, so I always root for the Czech teams. Uh, but uh, they're they're That was they were in a really ridiculous bracket there. Um, They had no chance whatsoever. They're a dead team walking going in, but uh, I was still rooting for them nonetheless. And when the Czechs did well in the Euro Cup a couple of years ago, I was pretty happy to see that.
2: Yeah, I always, I, my, uh, my, uh, the paternal side of my family is from the uh, former uh, Czechoslovakia, I guess it's the Czech Republic now. Um, So I always, I always root for them too. And I I do love when their, their national team is good. Does, does not happen very often.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Still love the beer. Uh, still still loved everything about that. Did uh, Prague, Vienna and Budapest for a honeymoon. Uh, you just got married. You just had your honeymoon. And rumor has it you were still trying to do drafts on the plane and things of that nature. Uh, where was your honeymoon? How'd you, and congratulations, by the way, too.
2: Thank you. uh we just did we just did all inclusive in Jamaica. It was amazing. Okay. I mean it, it's like it's like I it's perfect for me. I just I, I think I read like four books when we were there. I mean, we just did nothing but sat by the pool all day. it was uh it was pretty nice. um so i I did I got a couple drafts in on the plane and then I registered for a bunch of slow drafts, a uh, bunch of slow best ball mania threes. Um, okay. and, uh, I honestly could have done way more. Like you, like you, you got nothing to do. You're, you're right. truly just relaxing.
1: Yeah. You're on your phone. Anyhow. What's the difference? Yeah, what you're exactly. Doing when you're on your phone. So yeah, I get it. Uh, we did a, uh, thing, uh, Turks and Caicos the summer ago. Um, similar thing. Honestly, I need to be doing stuff. I need to be going and seeing sites and things of that nature. Uh, I, for like, like four days would be ideal for like, an like, a just, hang out by the pool thing. And after that, I need to be off and doing things, playing golf, doing excursions, things of that nature. Otherwise I get bored pretty quick.
2: Next, next time I do it, or if we ever do it again, I would definitely want to go to one that had a golf course on site. I definitely, I yeah. definitely, uh, that, that would be, that would have made it a lot better. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I did not do a, I did not play around. I did not get off the property when we did. And that, that was a mistake. Same. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't even have to rent clubs, it's still fine to do that, but, uh, let's talk about a couple other reactions uh, from uh, from the trade deadline in this week. Uh, Miami, they're very busy. Went out and got Bradley Chubb. They trade away Chase Edmonds. They added Jeff
2: Wilson. What do you make out of uh, all uh, the, the sum of all these parts, Lou? Got to be got to be a loser for most, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff Jeff Wilson Junior came over because he knows McDaniel clearly. I mean, I think they. Basically, the Edmonds thing—they were like, they were like, "Hey, we're, we'll give you—we'll give you this first-round pick, but you got to eat Chase Edmonds' money for us." Um, so I think—I think, uh, think that—I think that's kind of the transactional nature of that. But yeah, I, I would expect Mostert to not be the goal line back anymore for the Miami Dolphins. I, I think Wilson—Wilson Wilson went from being a guy who was dropped in a bunch of leagues because they traded for Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell might end up coming back, and and now I think he's going to be in a 50-50 pretty much.
1: Yeah, Uh, I you know, it stunk that Wilson's going away party was that Atlanta game where he had that brutal fumble six and did very little in what we thought was going to be a pretty good spot. And it turned out to be that they were chasing the entire game. Uh, But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's another guy. It's tough to decide how much he's going to play this week in his first week with Miami. But like you said, he already has the connection with the coach system shouldn't be that hard to pick up.
2: I would have to be pretty desperate to start Wilson. But again, it's not going to surprise me if he gets eight carries for 35 yards and a touchdown. Like, right. It's just because he you're, it's I would I bet the verbiage is probably the same. Like I yep. bet I, the, the playbook is different, but I bet all of the uh, verbiage for what identifies the positioning in the plays inside of the playbook is the same as the Shanahan stuff, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah, I would think so, too. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a uh, great class in case of emergency guy, but definitely someone you want to roster now for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's now like in, I think he's like a premium tier handcuff, um, you know, the same way. I Not not quite as good as like Tony Pollard or Rashad White, but like the the second tier of, of really good handcuffs below that. Gotcha. Uh, as far as Denver goes, are you dabbling in any of those three backs? Uh No, I, I, this has got to be the worst backfield situation in the league now. Cause I think Edmonds will play passing downs. Melvin Gordon will be first and second downs. And then Latavius will be goal line short yardage. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's literally, it's going to be a three-way split on one of the teams that runs the fewest plays. And I, what are they? 18 fit points per game as like a team. It's like, would you start, would you start a three-way timeshare on the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars? Like probably not.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. There, you know, could they fix things after the buy? Maybe, but I mean, the fact is, their offensive lines a shambles right now. They lost their left tackle. I mean that that that's that's a bigger impact than people realize. Russ is doing whatever he's doing. I mean, it, it's just it's misery.
2: I mean, it's like I knew that there was a chance that Russ was not as great as I thought he was. You know, like mm-hmm. it was so it was so easy for all of us to be like, oh, Pete Carroll, John Dorsey, these guys, they have no clue. Turns out they do. Turns out they have a lot of clues that were not available to us Um, because I don't think Russ physically looks all that different. I don't think the deep ball looks all that different. I just think he can't. I don't know. I, I don't have a good explanation for it, but I do know he looks horrible and the offense is I think the the weapons are well, maybe maybe the answer is that Sutton and Judy are not as good as Metcalf and Lockett. Maybe that's part of the answer.
1: I think that's part of it. We thought, oh, they're going to unlock Sutton. I can't wait. They're going to unlock Judy. I have Judy in a dynasty league. I'm like,
2: yes, I'm turning down these trade
1: offers for him. Oops. Uh, I still think Judy can play. I still think he's good, but uh, I don't know. And it turns out Geno Smith is not the joke that everybody thought he was either. He's actually pretty decent.
2: Probably probably the best story of the year, right, is Gino yeah. being this, this, this journeyman veteran quarterback who, like, got done dirty by all these organizations and then turns out maybe should have been starting, you know, over the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world this entire time.
1: Yeah, it just makes you wonder, like, what happens when a guy gets, you know, if a guy gets tra- drafted by a different organization? I feel that way, like, what if Sam Darnold got drafted by a real organization? You know, he still might have stunk, but... You know, if he got drafted by a teammate, actually, where he had a fighting chance and didn't have Adam Gaze and didn't have Matt Rule. I mean, it's just, well, maybe he could have been I mean, you,
2: you see what happened with Bailey Zappi. I mean, you know, if Bailey Zappi yeah. was, was, you know, rotting away on the end of the Raiders bench. I don't think we ever would have heard from him, but he's, you know, Bill Belichick, like all these guys, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe that's a bad example because we don't think the Patriots offensive coordinator is, uh, I mean, we have no idea what their offensive coordinator situation is, I guess, but right, I, I'm just really mad at the Patriots because in the pentathlon league that you and I are in, they, yeah. they cost us, uh, a very important survivor point. We had, we had gotten very lucky. Sammy and I co-own a, a pentathlon team and we'd be gotten very lucky in survivor. And then they get blown out by the Chicago bears. That was, that was horrible.
0: That was
1: horrible. You know, survivor. Usually I'm really good at this year. I've been out. Quicker in Survivor than Kramer in the contest. It's just like that. I'm done. It's just usually I'm really good at Survivor. This year I did this. I plunked down for Circa out in week one. It was just, it was terrible. Just awful year for me.
2: Yeah, uh, that was that was us last year. Sandy and I had, a, had an awful, awful uh, go in Survivor and everything. I like, I do, I personally like the double strike format when you're yep. playing a, a smaller number of people. I think for a massive you know, 50,000 person contest or whatever you, it's just one, one strike and you're done. But I think For there's sure. actually more strategy and a little bit more thinking the way that we're doing the pool this year. We're after it's after next week, we go to double picks and stuff. It's like, a, I, I like that wrinkle.
1: Indeed. Indeed.
2: Uh, Mikey asked about Keenan Allen.
1: Uh, we got to wait to see if he practices. He didn't. I don't, I don't think he's going to
2: play. I think, I think plan, I think plan on him, not playing. I think pick up Deandre Carter on waivers tonight.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I know you got a lot of
2: work to do, Davis. You got like multiple podcasts. Tell everybody where they can find your work. They can uh, follow me on Twitter at Davismatic. They can listen to the Sports Great Fantasy Football podcast. They can listen to the TakeCast if you just search my name on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, all of those will uh, pop up. And I'm about to go do the Swolecast here in about five minutes. So if they really want to hear me talk more, they can come and listen to that. Very cool. Hey, thank you for spending some time with me today. I know you're a busy man. Uh, really fun. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Always appreciate it. Always love to, to support Rotowire. Great uh, pillar of the fantasy community. I always appreciate you guys. You bet. Awesome. Good stuff there. Go check out Davis's
1: work. Go listen to the wallcast coming up next. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Have a great day.